It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And tonight we're going to review AEW Dynamite from 4-14-2021. Look at me with the date. Mm -hmm. But first, breaking news. As we're recording this on the 15th, uh, last year, in the middle of a pandemic, in a panty? In a panty, WWE released like 15 people. That's not even counting behind-the-scenes people. But 15 talent. Talents. And they did it again this year. And I'm absolutely shocked by some of these. They just can't help themselves. So, we have Samoa Joe. I mean, that's so strange to me that WWE sees Samoa Joe as... Like, we have nothing for you. Right. You have nothing to offer us. And I know he had some injuries, but I wonder if this is a situation like with Daniel Bryan where it's like, you can get cleared by any doctor in the world, but WWE doctors, because they've got an agenda. I mean, he might be cleared. I don't know what the deal is. He's just been, they haven't been using him except on commentary. And then they pulled him off commentary and people thought, oh, he's going to be coming back and doing something. Nope, fired. You nope. can't find a role for him as a manager, as a valet of some kind. I know, Samoa Joe's so fucking cool. So then we have Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, which is so sad because, okay, many reasons. Why the hell did you ever break them up? You break them up to put them in different tag teams, and then Peyton Royce is also one of those ones that was like, oh, backstage is like, Really excited about Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce is going to get a push. You're Peyton right. Royce got a push right out the fucking door. Yeah, apparently. I don't understand this. Like this, Of all the decisions, this one kind of is the weirdest to me. Because they seem to be exactly the kind of you know female wrestler that WWE is going for. I mean, okay, maybe dye their hair you know, bleach blonde or something. But other than that... I mean, they're good on the mic. They're entertaining. They're not great in the ring, really, but, you know, that's... How do you know? I don't know. I mean, How the fuck do you know? You don't even watch. That's that's the chatter. Oh, the fucking chatter. But you don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand why you would drop a tag team when you have women's tag belts and no fucking women's tag team. No, because they're a joke and they mean nothing to the company. And then they let go of Mickey James, which is another fucking weird decision. Like, why aren't you using her? If when you, like, whenever I see recaps of the show, it's the same fucking people having the same matches over and over. You're telling me you couldn't throw Mickey James in there? It's because she's old. Oh yeah, she's she's such a hag. It's like, what see a, a monster, Mickey James. She has a surprise entrant in the fucking Rumble. No, Mickey James. Is fucking great. I mean, what do you want? I, I don't I don't understand what they want. And they got rid of Chelsea Green, another one that I feel like I heard not that long ago that they were going to be doing something with her. That she was getting the call up and she was going to have something. I think she like got injured or something and I guess that's just put her down like a horse. <laughs> because she got injured, I guess. Then another tag team that was broken up for no fucking reason. They're getting rid of Tucker. Ugh. They broke up Otis and Tucker to give Otis the money in the bank. Which to get they, cold feet. Which they never let him do anything with, even though, like, his fucking storyline 
was one of the most popular things going on. So another one where they broke up a tag team, and now Otis is in another tag team. Why? They have completely botched <laughs> Otis's entire career. Nobody had any kind... Nobody has had that kind of star power coming right out the fucking gate. And they just... Star power? Well, I mean, people... You know, people... It back was when, a good story. Yeah. Line. People, was, people were really into it. Yeah. People wanted to see him win the goddamn title. And rather than work with it, rather than go in the direction of the crowd, easiest thing to do, let the crowd want to give you money mm -hmm. uh, for something that you didn't even have to develop yourself. They decide, oh, no, mm -hmm. we can't have that. And they just took away all his momentum. And now he's just a guy. And then we have Kalisto. Uh, I mean, a really entertaining wrestler where it's like... You, you can only do one thing. You can you can be in a group with other luchadors, only doing luchador wrestling with no storyline. That's, that's all you're allowed to do. So he's gone. Mojo Raleigh. They, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do now. Retribution for the Gronk thing not working out. <laughs> then Bo Dallas, who fucking... I haven't seen anything about him in like two years. But apparently him and Liv Morgan have a farm. So, he's got that going. and Go home and be a family man. And then Wesley Blake. I don't even know who that is. Well, I used to see him when I used to watch NXT. And they brought him up to be in that fucking Forgotten Sons tag team. Mm. And then that fucking one started saying that, like, you know unnecessary oh he got all maga on twitter yeah and then so they they kill the whole push and he's the one who's still on tv and the other two have been let go well explain that shit i i can't because there's no rhyme or reason to the moves this company makes and today really just showed that um Oy. hopefully a lot of these people show up in aew um i think the women in particular uh, AEW could snap up all four of them. Honestly. And that would instantly really flesh out their women's division. Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe like would be a great chance. especially Mickey James. I feel like they should get Mickey James for real. And yeah, Samoa Joe. I mean, they've been like picking up a lot. AEW's been picking up a lot of people lately, but it'd be so hard to own a wrestling company and see Samoa Joe. Just lingering. Just fucking out there to be picked up. And do nothing. Oh, it'd be hard not to pick up Samoa Joe. You can't find a slot for Samoa Joe. Come on. <laughs> oh my God. Come on, Coward Tony. I just can't believe... Like, I was so shocked when I saw this today. Ugh. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, but uh, more disastrous choices by the worst company in wrestling. And I, I just can't believe nobody... People don't bring up enough the fact that they let people go in the middle of a pandemic. And you know who else did? No one. You're telling me Ring of Honor, fucking New Japan, fucking Impact keeps all their people. And here's the thing. But WWE's like, ooh, we're a business. Nobody can't. And then they pull their highest fucking profit ever. Yeah, I was going to say, they just signed a deal with Peacock. It was a billion dollar deal. A new billion dollar deal on top of the other billion dollar deals that they have. God knows how they're getting this fucking money. But 
in you know less than what maybe like two months mm-hmm. right after wrestlemania the first wrestlemania on peacock and uh, time to time to cull the fields a little bit because we don't have the money and and john laurinaitis actually was making the calls to talent citing budget cuts oh that's hilarious that's hilarious and another thing i think is crazy is it's not like they whenever i hear they oh they don't have anything for the talent the writers don't have anything for you every time i watch a recap of wwe it's the same fucking matches over and over have you noticed that i have i mean just in the recaps just the same matches. So you're telling me these people couldn't be thrown in there and given storylines? That's well, a bunch of bullshit. I thought WWE was bad when we followed it. But there was always, you know, at least, you know, an angle or two where it was like, okay, I'll suffer through the, mm. you know, two or three hours of bullshit to, you know, check up on this thing that I care about. Mm-hmm. Looking at these recaps, and maybe it, you know, maybe it hits differently when you're actually watching the show. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But watching these recaps, I cannot point to one single storyline that's going to drive me to suffer through that kind of misery. You know, even when we were watching it, I kind of fucking hated it. You hate but watched. I put up with it. And the reason I put up with it is there's certain people, specific people I was interested in. But then it reached a certain point where they just pissed me off too fucking much a couple years ago. And I said, enough is enough. And I don't regret making that decision. <laughs> because the fucking hours they take out of people's lives for this garbage. Oh, it's unbelievable. Hilarious. All right, that's enough. Let's get into dynamite. So we open up with. Uh, oh damn, you're really right into it. Okay. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> we, we open up with uh, the young bucks giving their "We're bad boys now" intro. Mm. Uh, they chose friendship. They chose Kenny Omega. That's why they turned on Moxley. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's. I understand that. Okay, they they want to get the group back together. You know, it fully intact. But the, the storyline booking here just kind of rings hollow to me. But it's done. Why it's done. is it, though? I can't quite put my finger on it. I think it's because the Young Bucks have just done that thing where it's like, oh, they were faces, then they were heel for, like, a second. And then they yeah. went back to being faces for, you know, a second. And now they're heels again. Mm. It's like, fucking pick one. And in the thing, the little promo, they showed them cutting off the fringe off their pants. The symbolic fringe. Ah, uh, yes. So Losing their bangs. Losing their bangs. And then we have a backstage piece with Jesus. Mike Tyson and MJF, where uh, Tyson tonight is going to be the guest enforcer in the Dax Jericho match, and MJF is offering him a blank check. And Tyson eats the check because he's a wild man. It's kind of funny how he 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 put it in his mouth and then spit it in MJF's face, which is that that was it, funny. It's yeah. kind of funny. Uh, and then we have our first match of the night, which is fucking great. And you know what else is funny? I notice whenever people talk about like matches with the Young Bucks and like Death Triangle and stuff, it's always like, well, of course it was good. It's kind of sad that that's, like, the reaction it gets now. Right. Well, of course it was good. But it really was. It was. It was really good. Young Bucks come out in their uh, Kenny-styled, one-winged angel 
Mm. All silver and white. Uh, new ring gear. Um, weird little headbands with like... Princess you know, Jasmine prin- headbands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> not not sure what, you know, maybe, maybe do a few tweaks to that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, if they like it, they like it, you know... You know, do your thing. Live your best life. Right, Wear that well, headband. Um, we had all the tag teams in the audience watching. There was like Jurassic Express and SCU. Yeah. Butcher I, and the Blade. I wrote here that they just kind of all looked like they were in detention. It was a weird shot. <laughs> they kind of did. <laughs> they looked like they'd had a rough day. They're all sitting there. And um, your your um, your brother said it was like a like a beefy breakfast club. Did he? Yeah. So, I mean, in the match, we have one of my favorite things about Young Bucks, Death Triangle slash Lucha Bro matches, is the Phoenix Nick Jackson Clinic. Yes. Every match they put on a clinic, and it's fantastic. And, uh, oh, man, and Pac and Phoenix had some really great double teamwork with kicks. There was, like, a whole section of them just kicking them in the head. I made a note here that this was a very kick-heavy match. It was. And I, I wasn't mad that. at it. it I wasn't mad at it either. And then, oh, okay, this is great too. <laughs> I need to stop going, oh, yeah, oh, this. At one point, Nick spikes Phoenix on his head, and he turns to the camera, and he's like, did you see that? And it's God. really fun. I like, I kind of like heel Nick. Yeah. He's kind of fun. And, um, oh, something else I wanted to note. At one point in the match, uh, Matt scratches someone's back. And I remember hearing one time on a, a JR podcast that he said he would never sell a back scratch because it's like too ridiculous. Right. But in commentary, JR was like so painful. And I was like, oh my God, he's being sarcastic. Right now. <laughs> I caught that. Young Bucks did a pretty uh, nasty looking uh, double slam on the apron. Um, and uh, then the finish. My God. Well, I have some more stuff to say. You can just skip it right ahead. At one point, Matt is in the ring, and he's, like, mocking the way that the Young Bucks used to act. Like, where they would get, like, fired up before a super kick. And he was doing, like, weird, like, humping motions. And, uh, he went over to the ropes, and he's kind of doing, like, mocking, like, the Ultimate Warrior-y thing they used to do. Yeah. And it was very, it felt very gross and DXy, which I guess was the point. Okay. Um, oh shit, and then one point Phoenix does a flip out of the ring onto Nick and it was like a beautiful majestic dolphin <laughs> coming up out of the waves. It was the most impressive flip I've ever seen in my life. Hey, we had the um you know it's not a dolphin, but we had the uh the Godzilla Kong match. Let's have the uh free willy match next. Free Willy's a whale, not a dolphin. Yeah, but he does that majestic oh. little yeah. over the rocks thing. This this was more of a dolphin than a whale mm. situation. Get your fucking mammals correct. You <laughs> one, get your fucking mammals correct. <laughs> at one point, there are stereo poison ranas outside. And then, to get to the finish. Do you want to say the finish? Quick, uh, <laughs> this was a really effective way to get the young bucks some, uh, some real fuck you heel heat. They rip off. Who who was Phoenix's it? Phoenix's mask. They Phoenix. They rip off Phoenix's mask. The one mask. wearing the only one wearing a mask. Right. Oh, you know what? I'm an idiot. For some reason, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, Phoenix and uh, Penta. Pentagon. Yeah. 
together. But yeah, yeah, they they rip off Phoenix's mask. Super um, kick him. Super kick him. Get the finish. Which the is disrespect. A di- such disrespect. Oh my god. The the DQ. I was you know, this would be a DQ in um, Lucha Libre, but not in AEW. So. Damn it. A fuckery end. I think that should be an automatic to... title loss. No. I'm just saying. I don't concur. Well, you're wrong. But that was messed up. The Young Bucks are bad guys. They're bastards. And, uh, yeah. Real shit humans. Fucking great match. I don't know what more you could want. It had amazing wrestling and it was telling a story and, yeah. Fucking chef's kiss to that one. So, moving on, we have Marvez backstage with Hangman of the Dark Order. Oh. And Marvez is asking Hangman about Kenny and the Young Bucks, but Hangman doesn't answer the question. He just talks about John Silver's shoulder and how he needs some Southwest egg rolls to make him feel better. Our boy is dodging the question because mm-hmm. he's not yet ready to face his destiny. Oh, I'm ready for Hangman to face his destiny. That's going to be really good. And then another backstage segment, we have Marvez with the inner circle, Mike Tyson. This was weird. This was fucking weird. It was weird. Okay. Do you want to say it? Do you want me to say it? You go ahead. So, Jericho's... Well, of course they get asked, like, you know, last time Tyson was here, you guys were fighting. So, like, what's the deal now? And Jericho's talking about when he went on his apology tour. I was about to say, he continued his apology tour. <laughs> on his apology tour, righting all his wrongs. He what, is he an AA? I don't know. Is he making a moral inventory? I don't know. Possibly. And he calls Mike Tyson and apologizes. And they're just telling each other how much they respect each other. But then Mike Tyson says at the end that he respects him, but he's not going to take sides when he's the guest enforcer in the match tonight. And he says in his little, his little squeaky voice, you might get knocked out again tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just hope that we're done with the Tyson shit. That's all I'll say about it. Um, He's... I feel like it's probably over. All right. Well. It's probably over. So then we have Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. And... I mean, is anyone else bothered that Jade Cargill has been so immediately pushed right fucking on the dynamite when she's done very little? Right. Does that yeah. bother anyone else? I think a lot of people, just from what little I've seen, like a lot of people are just kind of blinded by the fact that, you know, she's got a great look. She does um, have a great look, for sure. But she's not great in the ring. She's atrocious on the mic. Um, you well, ke- uh, I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, all I wrote about this match is at one point Red Velvet does I haven't seen anyone talk about this, but she does a moonsault and lands super weird onto Jade. And I don't know, like, did she mess up the moonsault or was Jade not supposed to get up? But she kind of, like, lands on her fucking face oddly on her. And, yeah, they didn't... I wanted to see it again, but they didn't show a replay, sadly. (laughs) So I'm going to have to fucking check that out again. Did you notice it? I didn't, honestly. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm making it up. Fuck. All right. So, yeah. I mean, it was what it was. 
I mean, what's the story there? Like, what's the story going forward? How many times have Who they fought? Who even won? I, 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 probably I'm assuming Jade. Jade, Jade won. But okay. how many times have they fought at this point? I mean... Well, I mean, are you counting actual matches or, like, backstage shit, Mainly too? matches. But there's also, like, multiple backstage segments where she was attacking her. Yeah, I just don't care. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't care. They haven't given me a reason to care yet. Give us an actual story and maybe we'll care. Okay. Red Velvet's just, you know, playing substitute till Brandy can come back from maternity leave. Sadly, I feel that's true. Right. So, next we have backstage with Shivani, with Britt Baker and Rebel. And Britt's talking about how she's moving up in the rankings and how she's got a match on Monday. This was delightful. Everything with Britt really is delightful. She so. really wanted to make a point that with Red Velvet's loss, she's moved up in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so she should be right under tie now. Yeah. And, okay, then we next get our in-ring debut of Anthony Agogo versus someone who didn't get an entrance. He said it was someone's son. <laughs> someone's son came into the crowd. <laughs> no, it was a wrestler, but he had no entrance, and he didn't even get, like, a name plaque, or if he did, I missed it. Was, uh, uh, I, I totally missed who it was. I feel like maybe I had seen him before on Dark or something, but I can't remember his name. So, Anthony Agogo versus No Name. And it was never going to be competitive, but um, we were kind of wondering if um, Anthony Agogo would be able to uh, to go in the ring. Seems like they're kind of covering up for that by just having him do a one-punch. It was a one-punch match so, right in the gut. Yeah, he is a bronze medalist olympian but i was hoping with this match they would let him talk because he's got such a great accent and he's got like such a tough guy vibe and i wanted to see if he could wrestle i didn't get him talking and i didn't get any wrestling so as far as anthony agogo goes still a question mark for me right still a big old fucking question mark and i just want to make a point here what happens when, and just just follow me for a second, mm-hmm. what happens when you're having a midlife crisis, you get the Porsche, you get the, you know, empty-headed girlfriend, and then it all falls apart? What happens to you? Well, thanks to QT Marshall, we now have our answer. You follow that up by becoming Tony Soprano. QT Marshall looks like Wish.com Tony Soprano with his new facial hair and his little bowling shirt. And it was just a, I, I don't know, man. I mean, not to be a shithead, but when I see that shirt, I see Tony Soprano. Absolutely. So uh, that's an interesting choice for the leader of the faction, but whatever. God, the more I think about it, I'm really bummed out by this because like, they gave me nothing here. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. Anthony Gogo punches the guy, matches over. Done. The end. We still know nothing about him. Then we get a backstage segment with uh, Miro looking for Kip. Apparently Kip's disappeared since her loss. And then I think he threatened the best friend some more. Yeah. I can't remember. But basically he's looking for Kip, I think. I think that was the gist of it. Miro's going on a singles run. Which is good. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm done with this. It's a good idea. Give Kip and Penelope a rest for a little bit. So, then we get our Dax versus Jericho match. We've got 
Mike Tyson out there because he's a special enforcer. Dax has Tolly and Cash with him. Jericho's got Sammy with him. And I just want to say, overall, with this match, I feel like they beat the hell out of each other pretty good. I was surprised at just how much I actually enjoyed this match. I was ready to mm. shit on it. Um, but it was nice and stiff all the way through. It was very stiff. It, it was a fight, you know. It was. Um, big, you know, a lot of a lot of overbooking, a lot of clusterfuck stuff, but it worked. It was a spectacle. Yeah, that's how I feel. I knew going in this was going to be a spectacle, so I wasn't surprised by it. Um, but we start out with Dax having a fucking chair at one point in a bat, which Tyson takes off him. And at one point, Dax gets thrown into... What's that bike rack shit called around the ring? Oh, the... Like the... Like the barricade? The barricade. Dax hits that full-on, like, fucking head first. Like, pretty good. There's a lot of spots in this match where I'm like, damn, that... There's, there's no fake in that. Um, so Dax goes over to the dock at one point because he had stitches from two weeks ago. Right. And as he has the doc checking his stitches, he grabs a mic to use as a weapon on Jericho and bonks him. Bops him. Um, Jericho stabs him in the head with a pen. With a pen! <laughs> Just stabs him. You don't stab a man in the head with a pen. <laughs> Just two weeks ago, he got staked. A fucking wooden stake to the Stake-stabbed. head. Stabbed. Yeah. Um, at one point... Uh, Cash gets a cheap shot in to Jericho's head, and before Tyson can even get him, Sammy tacks him. And then everyone comes out for the brawl. I, I mean, who didn't see that coming? Big old clusterfuck big, end. Big old clusterfuck. Tyson punches Cash. Pretty good. That was... I don't know how hard it was, but it looked good. It was it was a good-looking punch. Um, Jericho hits the Judas effect for the win. And then they let us all know that Mike Tyson is an official member of the Inner Circle. Great. Cool. I'm awesome. hoping that was his send-off. Yeah. Can, like, can oh, we be you're done in with this? Now we can be done. God. See what's next. So, yeah, I wasn't mad at the blow-off match, if that's, in fact, what this was. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not blow-off for them. Right, for, the, for, Mike, for Tyson. Mike Tyson. Yeah. Send them on his little way. Yeah. He man- you know what? He managed to stay awake this time, so, you know. I'll never forget that. Him fucking yawning during the Cody match. God. Well, the TNT belt. I mean, <laughs> you pay a man and he's fucking sitting there yawning. Paying a man to take a nap. That's a dream. <laughs> I wouldn't be here doing this if I had that job. Um, so then we get a promo with Kenny and the reformed, now fully operational bullet club together um, are they the bullet club or the elite like what the hell are they what what do we call them i don't know they're like the only faction without a full name who well, are they well, whoever they are they're back and the young bucks are uh they got a little 90s dx action going on with the the gross uh leather caps and the i think they're like kangle caps isn't that what that is I don't, it was the it, leather triple h hats from like fucking 99 it was not great like you know matt was giving me kind of a triple h vibe nick was going more Shawn michaels with his i think it was the bleach denim uh i don't know about that guy so they pull that promo kenny where... looks like he just robbed a fucking buckle I all know, man. <laughs> so they do that promo where they talk about how, like, 
oh, you know, the fans are bastards. We hate the fans, but we're the best, so fuck the fans. God, I love you know a, that promo? I, I love a you people promo. Yeah, the you people promo. So, moving on from that, we get a package about Thunder Rosa, which is exciting, because I want to see more Thunder Rosa. Um, and then we get the return of Chris Statlander against Amber Nova, and Chris Statlander has the best friends with her. And she gets the Pixies music. She gets the Pixies music, too, and oh, she feels like a fucking star. She does. She looks great. She she's got the out. music. She's got friends. She's got the boops. She's doing the boops. She boops them on the snoot. She even boops the ref on the snoot. Snoot boop. And she hits a great pile driver, which I guess is her finisher, the supernova. Was that always her finisher? I don't know. I can't remember. It looked good here. She hits a supernova for a win. She looks like a fucking star. They all celebrate in the ring. They all have lemonade. <laughs> the end. It was great. It made me... I don't know. There's nothing makes me happier than this. Honestly, it was a great idea to stick her with the best friends. Yeah. Um, I think it elevates both of them. Can I go off on a tangent for one quick sec? Go right ahead. I feel like... Are you giving me the ding already? Nope, I'm getting it ready. Okay. I feel like people... You know, you want to see people get their ass beat in wrestling, but you also want to see things that make you feel happy and feel good, and this is it. And when you see what goes on in WWE and how they treat people and how things are run and it's just oh. fucking misery and fucking paranoia. Nonstop. And, oh my god, it's so fucking miserable. And that comes right through the TV, right to the fans. So, like, I don't understand how anyone can put up with that fucking misery. But whatever, I don't watch it. I watch AEW where I get to see Chris Statlander and the best friends. It was a delight. It's fucking delightful. They're fucking stars. And I loved every second of it. Hit the bell. All right. Continue. You get uh, another backstage uh, spat, I guess, between Team Taz. Taz says that Cage and Ricky Starks are too... Uh, too much of a, what, loose cannons. They're fucking loose cannons. And they need to stay in the back while Taz goes out and tries to get Christian Cage to join the group. Yeah. And then... Taz can't control his boys. I don't know what it is. Get it. C control your kids. Daddy Taz, control your boys. Put them on those little, those little leashes that look like, you know, phone cords that people put their kids on. Mm. Um, but it, it's funny that... You know, I, I don't quite get it. Like, he had them stay in the back. But then in the next segment, where Christian is in the ring trying to give an interview to Tony, um, Taz interrupts, and we get into a beatdown situation. So, given that's where we were going with that, why didn't we bring out Cage and Starks? Let me paint the picture of this little thing real quick. We have Siobhan in the ring with Christian Cage, and he's about to get interviewed. But, of course, Team Taz interrupts, because that's all fucking Team Taz does, is interrupt people's goddamn interviews. So they interrupt. Taz wants an answer on whether or not he wants to join Team Taz. And Christian says, oh, I was gonna, you know, fucking have this discussion with you backstage, but if you want to do it here and now, we'll fucking do it. And he calls Team Taz a dumpster fire. And fucking Taz calls him a shitbag. 
And Christian <laughs> says... What a funny thing to call someone. I know. And Christian says to Taz, it's good that he's three steps up so he can look him in the eye. And then Taz makes some comment about how he'll look him in the eye when he stands on his wallet. And they're like fucking roasting each other about how much money they have. So yeah, this turns into a whole fucking beatdown with Will Hobbs beating his ass. Beating Christian's ass. And I just couldn't help but think the whole time, does Christian Cage have no friends? Right. He's just getting the hell beat out of him. I like how Taz said, I never liked you. It's like, you've just spent the past two weeks trying to recruit this man, and now you don't like him. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of, like, when, you know, when men flirt with women on the internet, and then they get shot down, and then suddenly it's, fucking bitch, you're ugly anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, that defense. But, that but ego-saving defense. I honestly feel like Christian Cage came out of this just looking kind of like a geek. A little bit, and I don't understand why he doesn't have any fucking friends. Yeah. Nobody wanted to come help him? Damn. I don't know. Nobody nope. likes you. Nobody, Nobody likes, likes you, Christian. You, Maybe you should have joined Team Taz. <laughs> oh, so then we get a little preview of next week. Next week, we get Sheeta versus Ty for the Women's Championship. What a delight. I hope Ty wins. Today she put on Instagram... A little video about how she was let go last year in the fucking panty and how low she was but she picked herself up and now look at her a year later she's earned the right to challenge for the AEW Women's Championship and it was a fucking great promo and I wish they would put that on one of their shows because it was fucking great so that's happening we're getting Hobbs versus Christian Cage we're getting Starks versus Hangman and we're getting a match I'm really excited about, Trent versus Penta. <laughs> That's going to be a fucking delight of a match. I'm not Thank mad you. That. Oh, so then we get our main event. My God. This main event. This main event, guys. If you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. Darby Allen versus Big Money Matt in a Falls Count Anywhere match for the TNT Championship. God Damn. This was an absolute banger. This was like that old Attitude Era shit that you used to watch. I swear, if you ever enjoyed the Attitude Era and the hardcore matches, this has that vibe. This has the good parts of the Attitude Era vibe. All it needs is a, a bra and panties match. And we're no, like, <laughs> no, we don't need that. Hey, maybe we could bring it back, you know, kind of kind of make it topical. A bra and panty match. Ew. Hey, yo. Mm. Fucking thing sucks. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Good lord. See how I roasted on myself just there? Yeah, I, I still would have preferred you just never said it. Well, but. Live radio. So, we have... Fucking, what's his name? Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky watching from the fucking top seats again. What is that about? I don't know. There's up there like making faces and mocking mm, people. Mm, it's mm. really lame. Um, so we start the goddamn match with Matt having a chair, and he's using that chair a lot. He caught Darby weirdly in the back with it, and I feel like I could tell immediately as soon as he hit Matt was like, "Oh shit!" Like you could tell there was like a, a brief glimpse of concern on his face, and like so. 
five seconds into the match, Darby has a nasty welt on his back from at, the way this chair hit him. At one point, the camera work, like, really gets that close up. And it's like, that looks surgical. That looks... <laughs> there looked like there was, like, a chunk missing. It was nasty. I, I, yeah, it just caught weird. And it's nobody's fault. It just, like, caught weird. So I could tell, like, for further chair hits, like, Matt really lined them up and was careful. Mm. Like, uh... Which, that's just a considerate bastard, that Matt Hardy. Yeah. Um, at one point, he tries to do the twist of fate while Darby's head is in the chair. My that God. Is, oh, that's so creepy. But Darby counters out of it, thankfully. Then fucking Butcher, Blade, and Private Party fucking meander on out. They got a fucking trash can. They're trying to use the stairs. So who comes out for the save? Sting! Sting Daddy comes out, but also... Also, the Dark Order comes out, too, for the save. So, Sting takes out Private Party, and then, who should fucking meet... There's actually, there's a lot of fuckery in this match, but... It worked. This match was so good that normally that would bother me, but I don't care. Fucking... Lance Archer comes out. But also, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Oh, and doesn't Sting just immediately run them off? No! Uh, no? Oh my god, were you even paying attention? Yeah, there was just so much here. Oh my god. So, Archer and Sting are in the ring, and Archer does a blackout on Isaiah Cassidy right in front of Sting, and then looks at Sting like, you like that? You <laughs> like what I just did there? Are you proud of me now, daddy? It was so fucking weird and hilarious. I'm not mad at it. Archer is trying to traded his old deadbeat dad for new Sting dad. Like, he literally came out and did a move to try and impress Sting. And I just love how happy he looks. He was like, fucking del- He was like, look what I can do, daddy. I love that this big murderous monster of a man, you know, with Sting, whenever Sting's around, he just turns into a fangirl. Oh my God. That's what's so hilarious about it. It's the last angle I thought they would have taken with this whole thing. And I, I really am enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so, Sting gives Darby his bat. He literally passes, passes the, the baton. baton. But, Darby, Darby loses it instantly. Because he gets hit in the dick. And then, Matt successfully does a twist of fate with his head in the chair. And, I mean, they did it really carefully. But, oh my god, anything where, like, something's hitting somebody's throat just creeps me out. It looked really nasty. So, they're backstage oh. in, like, the producer area. And Matt sets up a table and he's got a ladder. He puts Darby on the table and does a leg drop through the table, getting a near fall. It was real close. Uh, Another dick kick, but this time to Matt Hardy. And uh, Darby jumps off the stage to grab Sting's bat. He beats Matt with it violently. During that section, like when he gets that bat and then he's coming out, back at him mm-hmm. and, and Matt's backing up. This was like a horror movie. Like Darby Allen was. was like a serial killer stalking his prey. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Good addition. Thank you. Good vibe addition. That was that was the vibe. It was good. Um so he beats Matt, who's over by commentary, and then Darby's lost his mind. He's taking out the monitors, jail is like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> it was hilarious. And then, as Matt, I believe he's he sets up Matt on the announce table, taking a little taking a little nap. He climbs up on the the structure. Yeah, it's like the actual support post. 
and does a coffin drop through the announce table for the win, retaining the TNT belt. And goddamn, number one, Darby looks like a fucking star. He really, I feel like he really is the face right now. He is. I mean, who's putting on better matches? Who doesn't like this? Who? How could you not like this? Darby's a fucking star, and then Matt Hardy. God damn you. Round of applause for Matt Hardy. You still got it, baby. That was fucking killer. Matt Hardy killed it. He still got it. Damn him. It was some serious Attitude Era shit. It made me so happy. And, I mean, that was the show. And, and it was a great show. It was a really good fucking show. Um, we even got two women's matches. Hey, look at Can that. Can you imagine that? I mean, one's a, eh, pretty much two squashes, but <laughs> two wins matches. But honestly, like, this was a really good one. And um, we just learned today also that running unopposed, they did 1.2 million. Whew. They're going to be beating Raw soon. Honestly. I mean, did you see that Raw did better this week? The post-WrestleMania Raw, it had like over 2 million. Oh, well, still. But... I'm going to be really interested to see Raw's numbers last that, next week. That's not going to hold. Because I feel like that was just a a post-WrestleMania bump. And remember how terrible it was? Do, I mean, I didn't watch it, but from what I heard, it was an abomination. It, it really broke. It broke people. Some of the people that will generally give WWE a curved grade. Normally they grade like, oh, I didn't poke my own eyes out. Let's give that a, a fucking V. Four out of five. Four to five. We'll give it a B because I didn't, you know, try to jump out the window. <laughs> but this broke people, and uh, I'll be interested to see their numbers next week. But uh, yeah, fucking a AEW, you're killing it. So studs and duds of the night. Um, for me, studs absolutely got to be Darby Allen. Close second with Matt Hardy. I was thinking about this earlier. I feel like I want to give it to Matt Hardy. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to give it to both of them. I'm going to give Darby and Matt studs of the night. Dud of the night, Christian Cage. Ooh, he... He looked... It didn't... When he got his ass kicked, it didn't seem like, oh, he's getting his ass kicked in a a, a valiant fashion to start this angle. He just looked like a, a geek. He just got his ass kicked and he just looked bad. Yeah, I feel like especially his match with Kazarian was really good, but I felt like he looked rusty, and then, like, now he's just getting beat on, and he's got no friends, and he's just getting his ass beat, and... I don't know. I'm gonna say my duds are everyone involved in that. Yeah. Team Taz, I don't know what you're doing, but, like... Fix yourself. Come here. Just something new. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's, like, bad, but, like, we need something new. Yeah. It's, it's getting stale. All right. So that's the show. Hey, what a show. It was a good show, I think. Um, Ours. I'm talking about our show. I feel like this has been a good show. Talking about our show. Yeah. I don't know. I'll listen to it later and go, oh, fuck. But, uh, tune, yeah. Tune in next uh, Monday? Monday we'll probably do another wrestle rant. 
I don't know if you're listening to this, if you listen to that, but I just want to apologize. Don't apologize. Oh, I've it's listened, beautiful. I've listened to it, and it's a, it's a fucking mess. Well, get ready for more of that beautiful dumpster fire next week. <laughs> if you're looking for an annoying dumpster fire of a show... You've come to the right place. Listen to the Monday show, but if you're looking for some coherency... Tune in for this show. Tune in for this one. It. This one's alright. This one's okay. Alright, that's a show. Anything else to add? That, that's all I got. That's all we got. Alright, so... I'm George. I'm Melissa. And this has been Correct Opinions on Wrestling. Bye!